everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Outkeep the Morning with me, Charlie Arnold. It is Friday. We have made it. Congratulations to each and every one of us. Uh, now, the NFL, it has grown by leaps and bounds over the past couple of decades, largely in part to a lot of the information that we now have that we didn't have before. We know so much more about the players, about the game, what goes on behind the scenes, and it makes everything so much more interesting. A big reason that we now have all of this information, NFL insiders. There are several several of them now who are making such a big impact on the game. And it was a role that, like I said, several decades ago, wasn't even in existence. So with all of that being said, I decided to check in with someone that I have known now for nearly a decade. His name, you've definitely heard of him, Jake Glazer. He's the NFL insider at Fox Sports, and he is one of the most intelligent sources when it comes to everything that happens in the NFL. So I decided to get into it with him and see what he had to say as we are at the halfway point of the season. And here he is in the flesh, Jay Glazer, NFL insider for Fox Sports, also a very dear friend of mine. Jay, how long have we known each other? Oh, my God. It was training camp. I was going around on a bus for Fox. Uh, you were covering the Colts. I don't, I, Charlie, I don't want to age you. I could age myself. No, no, you please. tell me how long ago that was. Is that like 10 years ago? No, that, okay. So that was, I believe it was 2015. Yeah. So we are, ago, right? yeah. we are approaching a decade. How about that? So wow. Our anniversary. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously I was, I was a, a very much a young buck back then. I like to think that I'm, you know. Wait, was I not a young buck? It, you're still a young buck. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> um, Jay, you have one of the craziest schedules mm -hmm. during the season of anyone I've ever met. I mean, right. you are all over the place, but that's obviously what comes with the territory of being an insider. So talk to me. Now we are about halfway through the season. Yep. What has your season been like so far? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I just want everybody here to know when Charlie and I first became friends, I would sit there I'm on my phone, on my phone. We would be <laughs> at dinner somewhere and she'd be like, Hey, you got to be on your phone all the time. I'm like, Charlie, this is what my job is. Look at this. And she's like, Okay, I get it. We're good. That was it, right? One conversation, you're like, oh my that's gosh, insane, yeah. right? It's insane. So you never, and that's the problem too, like you never just get me, you get me and the whole league and the whole fight world and the whole this world and charity world and this now mental health world. So uh, it's something I've had to work on. I've had to work on being more present. And I appreciate people like you saying like, hey, you got to- Excuse me. I, I, I need to compartmentalize better. I need to be present when I'm out with my friends, right? So- I do appreciate that. And I've, I've listened to, to friends like you and, and others who have, uh, you know, others are more violent with me than you are. So I appreciate you <laughs> being more kid gloves and instead of my friends just grabbing me and saying, hey, get off the phone. But my my schedule, I need structure and stability in my life to get between my ears good. And I never have it. When you deal in a world of breaking news and like talking to your contacts and they just come in all day long, every day. And the crazy things that people ask you for as well. I mean, you've seen that too. Like I'm a connector of people. Yeah. So people call me for the craziest things. Hey, do you know this guy? Can we get, I need this perk. And it's just, it doesn't stop. So there is no, it's controlled chaos. I'm great in chaos. I suck in calm. So it's pretty, <laughs> pretty good for my life that, that it's all chaotic. Okay. So just to give people an idea, because I, I don't think they understand quite the gist of it. I mean, you're not just on your phone. I mean, you are having to be available at all times. And not only that, but it's not like you're just waiting for people to call you with info. You have to actively yeah. 
chase the info. You have a whole Rolodex of contacts that every single week you are reaching out to, seeing if anything's up. I mean, talk to me just a, a, a normal yeah. life in the day, whether it's midweek, sure. approaching game day, anything like that. Well, look, midweek and weekends are much different because everything for me is Fox NFL Sunday. So from Friday morning until Sunday, I do get on the phone with pretty much every team in the league and not one person and several people at each team. And you don't want to call. And I tell young reporters this all the time. Don't go for a scoop. Always work on the relationship. Mm -hmm. So you're not just going to call someone and say, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Right? That's not how it works. We have relationships. You build relationships. And, and not only that, when I do get information, I probably use 1% of what I'm told, if that, on the air. And and you've been with me when people have called and tell me crazy things. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's big. I'm like, yeah, I can't go with it. Said I can't go with it. And I'm never going to burn anybody. Yeah. Because it's got to be the long-term thing of having relationships over time. And if you go for the scoop instead of the relationship, you'll use that person and they'll never talk to you ever again. Right. Right. And instead, I want longevity. You want to be able to be trusted. You want when the trade deadline's coming down that, bam, yeah, you're the first one that people are calling and Chase Young is happening. Or when you're coming on Fox NFL Sunday, I'm able to come on and say, hey, Washington's going to trade at least one of those defensive ends, if not two. Um, you know, so you, you get that information. but. During the week, um, yeah, it's, it, I'm trying to think, how was yesterday? Yesterday, so. You're like, okay. I don't even remember yesterday. Yeah, There's I too know, much right? going on. So the day of the trade deadline, okay? I wake up. Um, I have teams calling me, asking me about certain players. Uh, what I know, and, and that's the thing, too. A lot of times I'll be like the middleman, and a team will call and say, hey, we're thinking about this guy. And I may say, man, it won't fit your head coach or won't fit your locker room but I know he'll fit another locker room. And then I'll even call that team. This guy's perfect for you. Like the head coach, you'll love this cat. He'll be perfect for you. So wake up that morning. Uh, there's a trade Montez Sweat to Chicago, which I had said on Fox on Sunday that there are rumors that Chase Young was going to the Bears. I said, that's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, Washington's still going to move him. So Montez Sweat goes to Chicago. And about an hour later, I get calls to break that Chase Young is getting traded to the 49ers. And that was like the big granddaddy one. I just, and you know me, Charlie. Yeah. I used to want, I used to want every single one of them back in the day, right? I was, of course, every single one. And well, who won, right? Like, you wanna, you wanna yeah. be like the the one to break all the news. Yeah. Everyone's turning to you, looking at you. Yeah. Yep. But now I've kind of, you know, now looking at it as like, all right, I just, I want some of the big ones. Uh, I want a little bit more quality of life, but I want to make sure on Sunday when I come on on Sunday. And, and Peter King said this to me once, which I'm really honored by. He said, Jay, what I love is no matter what. Now on Sundays. We have to tune into you because you have something yes. none of us have. And that's big. Sundays is, is the A big personality. Thing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, multiple personalities. <laughs> yeah, even better. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I always try and make sure that um, I have those big ones. And on Sunday, you're like, wow, we just heard something from him that we have not heard mm -hmm. anywhere else, especially if I come out of left field with some stuff. Okay, so something I want to focus in on because I don't want this to just, you know, roll over people's heads. Not only are you breaking news, you are quite literally acting as a GM in some senses, helping to bring players onto certain teams, even coaches you've been responsible for finding new landing spots for. I mean, that's that really says something about right. how well you know the game inside and out and how much people respect your opinion. Yeah, I always try and be like a master of trust, if you will. Like people, and then almost like, it's funny because I had a GM come to me this offseason. He said, you know what, you you know you how much you've mentored me. You kind of 
you should shift gears and mentor us all. I said, yeah, I'm a reporter. He said, mm -hmm. yeah, but you, you mentor us too. Like you've been around it and you've seen it so much. So we're able to come to you with things. It's funny. I have uh, at the NFL owners meeting every year and people, the rest of the world doesn't know this. Uh, I have a day drinking day that I have at the owners meeting and it's Mike Tomlin and I throw it. And it's only for head coaches and GMs. No other media is allowed to come. And the media over time has given us respect. Like this is Glazer's thing. Let's not go there. And it's wow. usually Tomlin and I, and oh man, uh, upwards of 30, 30 other guys. It's crazy. But what I also do is I always tell Tomlin and whoever the, the older coaches are, tell these young cats what's about to come across your desk because they have no idea, like the craziest stories in the world. <laughs> and you're not prepared for it because when you're, you're in that position, you really find out how messed up everybody is. Like it's not, and it's not just your players, it's your coaches, it's your scouts, it's your GMs, it's this, it's the person that yes. counts, it's everything. And then it's their family and the issues families are calling. And it's, the, it, oh my God. The and listen, these cats didn't go to school for this. They didn't go to school to be a psychiatrist, right? They went in the coaching to coach. Right. But when you're a head coach or a GM, that's part of the job. The other part is really, it all lands on your shoulders. So I make Tom and all the other guys tell the craziest stories that they have, that have come across <laughs> their desk in the early days to prepare the new guys. Well, and also and probably to help normalize, and to help huh? normalize everybody else, right? Because we all probably live our lives thinking, oh my God, no one could understand or no one is, life is as crazy as mine or as, as messed up as mine. And then you hear someone else's story, you're like, wait a second, you have me beat. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a couple, and I can't tell them on this, that are, there There are, uh, we go to them, we usually start these, these, uh, these, uh, these fun days off with these couple stories that there's no way I'll ever repeat, but they are, <laughs> like, Charlie, if, if you said to me, hey, if I told you any of them, you'd say, come on, you made this up. There's no way this could be possible. And the craziest thing about the NFL is that anything's possible. You know, we, we did ballers, people are like, come on, that stuff doesn't happen in the NFL. I'm like, this is a G-rated version of what happens in the NFL. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, you just you just took me to literally the best segue because something I remember you saying, and I remember you saying it a few times, the NFL is truly the greatest yeah. reality show yeah. in the world. Can't make it up. And that is what you're talking about is a testament to exactly why. I mean, there's all yeah. these stories that happen and, and they're not scripted stories. Yeah. Look at the Raiders this week. If yeah. I their head coach and general manager at 10 o'clock at night and put in... Ex-giant linebacker Antonio Pierce to run the team. Like, look at last year with the, with the Colts. They put in Jeff Saturday. Like, you can't make it up, right? So it's just like, it's and it's great because um, even for me, like I said, with these things, like, I think I've seen it all. What There was something that happened this year. I said, man, we've seen it all. And then this happened. I don't remember what it up. Uh, can't remember what it was. If you think about it, just okay. yeah, I can't break remember your thought. But like, man, we've seen it. everything. And then this thing popped up just when you thought you've seen everything. And you really like, that's the thing. If, if, and I've been around, by the way, this is my 30th year, right? Is that, oh I don't know. Yep. 30, 31st year. My wow. 31st year, my 20th year at Fox, my, I started covering the league for the New York post in 95. So I'd make it like, but I started earlier in 93. So that's 31 years. So 95, uh, yeah, was it 29 years cover, covering the league? Yeah. So I've seen it all. I've been around. I think I've seen it for the most part. Um, the stuff that's been reported and stuff that hasn't been reported. And yet, every year, there are still things that surprise me. That's what makes it such a great reality show. Yeah, and Jay, you, you just 
you just acknowledge the throwback to your early days, New York yeah. Post. I mean, people probably look at your life now. Jake Glazer, yeah. he gets to hang with, like you just said, you have your own drinking day at the NFL <laughs> owners meeting. Me. You are day drinking all, day. Day drinking you, yeah, day. Of course, day drinking yeah. is way better than <laughs> it's night. Way of life. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's in our form. Yes. You're on Ballers. You're on Fox Sports as an insider. You know absolutely everybody. I mean, your your crew that you roll around with, uh, Sylvester Stallone, The Rock. I mean. <laughs> What? I mean, no. this is just, you yeah, don't I'm live still, a normal I'm, life. Yeah. No, and I'm still waiting to wake up in fifth grade and none of this happened. And my mom woke me up and I'm like, oh, really? This didn't happen? So that's, like, wait, that was one, a really, really great dream. Can I go back? Right? <laughs> but but that also allows me to always live in gratitude. Like I'm so yeah. grateful uh, every day. Thank you, God, my best friend for, for making this happen. But yeah, what people don't know, you know, I, you know, I wrote my book called Unbreakable, yes. but I was broke for the first 11 years. I know what it's like to go from broke to unbreakable. I was making uh, the first 11 years of my career trying to be a reporter and NFL insider, 9,450 bucks a year. Ooh. Living in New York City. Oh my God. It was brutal. Having, you know, gas and electricity and this and that turned off every month. I have to decide what you're going to pay. And, you know, I would, I would, because I also, when I, first day I walked in that giant locker room, I said, oh, my God, I don't have the education everybody else. I got kicked out of my first college in uh, a semester and a half. And I boxed for them. And the day boxing season ended, they kicked me out. Um, what did you do? From disciplinary problems. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> can we leave it at that? Um, and a 0.00 GPA. Okay, and, that'll do it, you know, yeah. Yeah, I was, you know, for me, with, with ADHD, I wasn't able to go and sit in three-hour lectures. I just couldn't do it. So I just didn't go to class. I just wasn't able to handle it. And but to this day, I can't do something like that. Um, but I eventually went to another college and got by with a Woo! whopping 2.3 GPA. <laughs> um, <laughs> doing it, But at this point, I showed up for midterms and finals. So that was good. But I walked in that giant locker room in 93. I said, I don't have the education of everybody else. I don't have any experience as anybody else. How could I be different? I'm going to be different than all of them. And A, I'm not going to use my pen as a weapon. I'm going to start relationships. Mm -hmm. And back then, they didn't have relationships at all like this. And, and I got killed for these relationships. They used to write about Strahan and I in our relationship. And these kill us. We won. Because they, because they said it was, what, inappropriate, crossing yeah. the line? Well, it, well they, they said and... I wasn't being objective. Okay. And I said, well, you guys aren't being objective because when a guy doesn't give you an interview, you kill him. That's not being objective. Of course. Right? So, but, but obviously... I end up changing the way it's done because everybody then gets relationships. I even had a reporter early on say, Hey, you know what? Obviously, you know, the way you're doing it is beating us all. Um, if you can't beat them, join them. How can we have relationships? And I said, if you've got to ask me, you ain't going to have a relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. just, that's not authentic. But the other thing I said is I said, Hey man, the other way I could be different. If these cats work 40 hours a week, I'm going to work them by another 40. I'm going to, I'm going to work a hundred hours a week. Like, I'm not going to outwork him by a little. I'm going to outwork him by a lot. Yeah. And I will be relentless, 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 relentless. And, you know, I, I've, again, I've talked a lot about mental health now. And now I've kind of gone back to see where my depression and anxiety, my ADHD have helped me. And because of my depression, because I, I felt so worthless um, for most of my life, I every time I got rejected for a job, I was okay with it because I felt, hey, that's where I should be. I deserve to get rejected. Wow. So I used it as my superpower. That's what allowed me to get turned down for 11 years, 11 years, people. Because a lot of people years. wouldn't make it. 11 years is a long time. A lot of people would have just 
easily quit uh, before yeah. 11 years even showed up. Yeah. And whoever says like quitting's quitting's not an option, quitting's the easiest option in the world. Quitting is, quitting is a very easy it, option. It sits right on that shoulder every single damn minute of your life. And you have to tell it to shut up or not. And yeah, you would think, and there's a lot of times in that 11 years where I was like, hey, you know what? I'm kind of ready to jump off with you here, but I didn't. And uh, when I finally got my full-time job in 99 for CBS Sports, uh, which led me to Fox, thank God, um, I was like, oh, again, thank you, God Almighty, my best friend, that that, that I, it, it showed me who I was too. It showed me that I am relentless. It showed me that I'm able to withstand, you know, this rejection over and over and over when everybody else would have tapped out. And that's what I said early on. I'll be the last dude standing here, however long it takes. Yeah. And, and that was validated eventually. So mental health mm-hmm. is a huge priority of yours, something that you just acknowledge you've struggled with your entire life. You've turned it into your superpower. Yep. Uh, the things that a lot of people would see as a major weakness, you have turned into an incredible yep. strength. And now you also have taken it to the next level where you're not just working on your own mental health, but you are trying to help others work yep. on their mental health. You host a podcast, you've written a book. Talk to me about yep. what type of opportunities those have been for you yeah. and, and how I guess important that they've been yeah. to who you are, you know, in, in, in your career and otherwise. Yeah. Invaluable. Um, in my book, Unbreakable, when I talk about it on the podcast a lot, I try and lay out these unbreakable habits, if you will, um, and things that have helped get me through it, but then also motivate me to do greater things. And, you know, one of the things I talk about it is being of service. By me writing this book and having the podcast Unbreakable, uh, same thing, it's called Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. It allows me every single week to kind of walk this walk with other people and, and lift them up. And, and, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist. I'm just a dude who's messed up, who's learned how to be good with his messed upness <laughs> and use it to help other people. And being of service really, and I call my my mental health issues the gray because it, it feels great for me when I wake up every day in my life. And it's every day. Like I'm but never still, I, wait, hold on. Is it is it still because no. I, I I follow you obviously, and I feel like you have you've had more blue recently, or yes, 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 okay, yes. Good. Where I, I didn't have a lot of blue in the past. Now I know how to get there. Yeah. But it's still like I wake up with it, and then now I have skills to get me through this gray that I wake up in every day. And and now I've learned some skills that I do at night to help me wake up. Mm-hmm. You're right. Not not so much in the gray every day. I've had a couple blue mornings, which I never experienced before. Like Charlie. I never experienced them. This yeah. was, it was a hard life. It was every single day. Of my, and, and I know my life is great. I know that. But between my ears, it sucks. So it's well, every single day yeah, you and, wake and up and it's exhausting. Yeah. Well, and I didn't sign up for it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that we've seen lately. I mean, I don't, obviously we don't have all the information, but look what happened with Matthew Perry this week. Like someone that you think like, oh my God, he's like, one of yeah. the stars of Friends, one of the cult classic favorite TV shows that everyone in the world knows about. Yeah. And he was obviously been struggling his whole life. And, you know, yeah. ultimately, we're still waiting to get information on what ended up happening to him yeah. and why. But, you know, well, it's, knows, it's a lot of people that you don't yeah. expect to be upset. It, it, it affects everybody. Yeah. And I get it, too, because, you know, I used to handle my anxiety with Vicodin and alcohol. And um, and thank God now I don't anymore. That was that wasn't a that wasn't good with ease and Vicodin. Uh, in public, and um, you see me get pissed off with that, and um, yeah, so I understand it. And you're right; like we're all kind of going through something, and that's the other thing. By doing this podcast, doing this book, 
A, it allows me to be of service. That's one of my pillars. But the other thing is building a team. And, you know, the more I've opened up to people about this, the closer it's gotten us. It's, it, no one's called me a wuss or told me to suck it up and, oh, stop, Jay. In fact, not only has it gotten us closer, I've had so many of my friends going, oh, man, I'm so glad you brought this up to me because I'm dealing with something. Or now they know how to call me. Or I've had a lot of friends call me and go, hey, can you help me out? I don't know how to talk to my kids about this. And, and that's the uh-huh. biggest thing is I'm trying to give it words to other people so they can start having the conversation with their significant other or their kids or their parents or whoever it is. And this, and look, you know, you see me with my Jimmy Barr fight team shirt here. Yeah. I've had this fight team for years. I have the unbreakable fight team. Jimmy Barr is now a company I'm with, which are fantastic. Go look at Jimmy Barr's. Uh, tell I wake up my, my new breakfast. Um, but I've always had like these, these fight teams where a whole mentality of our unbreakable fight team, our MMA team, or these players that I've trained in mixed martial arts is don't ever show it. Don't show your hurt. Don't show your tired. Don't show your pain. Our fighters cannot take a stool in between rounds because I want that other guy going, why is Randy Couture still walking around? Why is he not sitting down? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with Glazer? He's not sitting down. What is wrong with that guy? Nobody put their hands on their hips. I want you to start seeing who has their hands on their hips and then start sharpening your weapons and start ramping up on them. So if you never show it, if people start breaking non-verbally we could break you and it's the complete opposite of everything i'm now trying to teach people it's the biggest problem we have as dudes especially oh is, yeah right we don't show it we're not going to show you we're crying or tired or hurt or anything and then we start to cave in from the inside out well me because i've had this long career in football and fighting and like you said ballers and I'm the center of dudism no one's questioning my manhood right dudism i love that right <laughs> So no one's questioned my manhood. So I can cry on the drop of a dime. I can be vulnerable. I can really show men, you know, yeah. men cry. It's okay. And I need to get off my chest so I don't cave in more. And yeah. those roommates in my head start talking a little bit nicer to each other. Yeah, we don't. So that's those, the those roommates thing. are they're not the good roommates. They are not. They fight an awful lot. <laughs> well, you know, I love this because one of my big things that I've been preaching for a while, you know, the idea of toxic masculinity exists. And I just find it to be so obnoxious because masculinity is not inherently tied to being toxic, nor is femininity femininity tied to being toxic. There are traits that are related to being toxic. And I think that, you know, able to be a strong willed man and embody all the core values that you should as a man, but also being able to have that vulnerable side does not make you feminine. It's just being in touch and and actually makes you ultimately be able to be a better man for somebody else. Vulnerability is true strength. And I'll tell you the funny part, when I really started opening up to my friends or just how it was ingrained, I would have fight practice with Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. We beat the crap out of each other. And then we'd sit in the cage under these teardrop bags and we just start talking about our lives, open up to each other and crying. People walk past the cage like, <laughs> man, these guys really beat the hell out of each other today, not realizing we're talking about our feelings. So no one's questioned either one of our manhoods. So we're yeah. good to go on that. And that's why I want people to understand. And like I said, as I, the thing that really got me, I never told my best friend, Michael Strahan, 30 years. I never said a word to him. When I was having bad nights, I would take Vicodin and get some and, and drink and, and try and mask it. Um, or I would put on this, you know, the glaze, you know, uh, mask, if you will. And one night, finally, last year, two years ago, before I came out with the book, I said, hey, and the beast got out of the box. Like, when I have some of these these breakdowns, like it's a, it, it ain't pretty. 
And it also affects me physically. It's hard for me to, it's hard to get out of bed. It, it, I, fit, yeah. I feel the left side of my gut behind my rib cage, like I'm going to have a heart attack, but my joints are inflamed. And I said to him, it's, hey, it's interesting how your internal pain can mm -hmm. turn into external pain. Yeah. Like that, that always has baffled yeah. me, but it is so true. And I said to him, Hey bro, I can't go to dinner tonight. We're supposed to go to dinner in LA. Say, can't go to dinner tonight. He said, why would happen? I said, the beast got out of the box mm -hmm. and, and I, and I've been working a lot to keep that beast in the box. So, you know, I don't get in trouble and I'm nicer. And I said, the beast got out of the box and he said, um, Oh man, you're right. I said, eh, not really. I think I got to sleep this one off. He said, you want to talk about it? And I said, I do, but not tonight. He said, you want me to come over? And I said, um, not tonight. Let me just get this kind of sleep this one off. And he said, well, why have you never told me? And I said, I, I don't really make the rules up of this with you. I felt ashamed. I felt shame. And he said, yeah, but you took away my opportunity to be your best friend for 30 years by not turning to me when you're hurting. Wow. Right. That's, that's strong. So yeah. I want people realize to hear this, here's one of the duliest dudes in the planet, right? Michael Strahan and me. And it wasn't like, Oh, come on, Jay. It was like, can I come over? Can I be there for you? Can you talk to me about it? Oh. That's what the reaction has been from everybody. And I want people to understand that. And and after 30 years, our relationship got closer because I started being vulnerable. Wow, that's so special. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah, that's definitely a side of, I think most people would not expect to see right. out of Michael Strahan and or people that just know you from your right. daily grind right. would expect from you, although you have been very open about it for a few years now, which which I love. Um, and I obviously have read your book, incredible. Um, I've listened you. to some of your podcast episodes, incredible. Uh, you also have some other stuff going on too, though. Uh, you got a gym. Yep. Unbreakable. You got, yeah. And you, <laughs> you founded MVP merging bets and players. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many things yeah. you have going and, on. And that was my second charity. I've started two charities, one touchdown dreams before MVP to help. Right. Yeah. The children who are kind of fighting for their lives to, to, to match them with um, their favorite NFL team or their favorite NFL player or their favorite NFL coach. Yeah. And then MVP merging vets and players. We put, former combat vets together with former pro athletes to give them a new team for when the uniform comes off. Because you lose, you lose that locker room. Life is scary. Sucks. I said, you need a team to help with the roommates in your head. And all of a sudden it's over. You don't have that team. Those roommates get really, really, really loud and their narrative becomes scary. So you need that team. So I'm just trying to give these guys a team again. And it's, our results have been incredible. It's our eighth year, I think. And um, we're in eight cities and, and nationwide on zoom. So Really proud of that. Now with Unbreakable, I'm able to really use what I learned in these huddles at MVP, which is we have these mental health huddles. And now when you say Unbreakable, you're talking about the gym now, right? No, I'm talking about um, Unbreakable, the book. and the, oh, the, and the, the book. And the okay. There's the, a lot of Unbreakable. Yeah. There's the gym. There's yeah. the podcast. And there's I'm talking the, about uh, the mental health end of it. Um, I basically use what I learned in talking to these combat vets and players, and now I'm able to kind of hand it off to the rest of the world not just vets and, and players, but everybody. And that's been so special. Like, Charlie, I never, ever, ever thought in a million years I would have my grandmothers reach out and say, oh, thank uh -huh. you. Yeah, for the first time in my life, you've given me the words to explain to my husband and kids and grandkids what I go through. Yeah, I, I feel liberated for the first time in 80 years. Like, oh my God, you have no idea what that feels like. Okay, so I want to get into a couple football-related topics with you. But mm -hmm. before I do that, you have so much on your resume already, so much that you're working on. 
Is there anything else that you still have your eyes set on or things that you haven't yet achieved that you want to? I just feel like you've done it all, but yeah. I, I can't imagine your brain ever stops working or the, yeah, I know. the wheels stop and I'm working turning. on that. I'm actually working on exhaling and, you know, trying to, to learn how to exhale a lot better and, and enjoy all this. You know, a lot of times we're just caught up in a rat race and you just go, 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 go. And you don't really have time to say, oh my God, look at this. So I even like this year, I'm like, you know what, this is going to be my year of of giving myself some grace and, and compassion, compassion, because I never have, and really start to understand, look what I've done. Okay. And and if you can't, if you're always shooting for the next thing, you can never be happy for what you have. And, and I've never learned how to be happy for what I have. So now I'm trying to, I'm a work in progress. So I'm, I'm trying a to- A work in progress, now. but a, a, a newly engaged man. Yes, 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 yes. Congratulations. Yeah, hey, it only, only took me 53 years, <laughs> right? But Charlie, if I didn't go and work on myself, with all the stuff I've worked on, I wouldn't like I've sabotaged everything in the past. So when you have these issues, you push everybody away because you feel like I felt like I was unworthy of being loved. Mm -hmm. And so you tend to push people away because you're like, well, I'm not worthy of being loved. So she's going to leave anyway. So I might as well speed up the process. Right. And I've done that to everybody. I've done it my whole life. And so if I didn't come out and talk about all these mental health issues, I wouldn't have gotten and done the work that I've done in the last two years to be able to open up, you know, my, my, um, those quarters of my life where I can accept love now. And, uh, but even so, like, you know, my, my fiance, Rosie, I tell her, listen, this is what I need. I'm probably going to melt down on you a few times. And when I do, <laughs> I just need you to say, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I got you. I got your back. I'm not going anywhere. And she does. And don't, and Aww. you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a first for, um, where I've heard, where I've heard it, people have probably said it, but I haven't heard it. And now yeah. I'm able to hear it. That's, and that's yeah. important, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So amazing things happening in your life. You have so much going on, but football, because yep. we are still in season. So our bread and butter. It, it, the, the, the primary focus, or at least one of them. So I want to get your thoughts on a few things going on. First of all, I'm just curious in general, if there's any storyline that has really hooked you this season, that you are constantly looking for new developments in or something that has interested you maybe differently. So from past seasons, no, I mean, cause it, again, it's, it's, it ebbs and flows so much. You can't yeah, really it ebbs like, and flows so much. Yeah. There's nothing that I, I mean, like, yeah, like I said, there's 99% I don't put out. So yeah. there's a couple of things like there was one story I held back a couple of weeks ago that really would have been. Yeah. And I held it because I, I look for me, I, a, I need, three confirmations and everything. And I, I had more than that. But also then you have to think about, okay, what if the people involved, if they're able to deny it and the deniability sounds plausible, then I look wrong. Oh. So you got to think about that too, right? If wow. you put something else you're, out there. You said, you're, well, you're also kind of like an attorney because I feel like that's what an attorney yeah. would have to do, right? You put out an argument, you think, well, what, what are they going to say in response? And then how do I counter that? Or can yeah. I? Wow. So I'd even, I'd even know, like, so I, you know, reached out to these teams. I was going to go with this. They're like, oh man, say, so here's the issue. Um, so we're not going to deny it, but the other ones, they're probably going to say this and it would make you look wrong. And we don't want that for you. Yeah. And I said, okay. So I ended up having to go back to the drawing board and, and I haven't gotten through, if that could happen, it's probably too far gone now. Um, but that one would have kind of made a big, 
a big splash. Well, maybe one day you'll just have a book of the scoops that could <laughs> oh, have no. been. I'm not looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life. No way. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, one of the things that people are talking about is the potential of a Super Bowl in London. Mm. Is that is that going to happen? That, that, I, I always said that seemed weird. I didn't think it made sense. That's like having the yeah. UEFA yeah. finals in let's have the, America. Let's have, let's, let's have the, the rest of uh, the other cities that still haven't hosted one yet. Host them here before yeah. we go overseas. Uh, what about a team potentially being based in Europe or London? The Jazz. Yeah, I, I think that's. I, I would. I think it's smart. I think because also, like, listen. Yeah, I mean it's global. And how do they get? But if they're based there, how do they just everyone comes to them? Or look at Seattle. That's true. You you get coast right? to coast. It is the same amount of Se- time. I guess. Seattle to Charlotte is longer than London to Charlotte. It's true. Right. So same thing. Yeah. But I, I just okay. think look, you weren't able to globally market the way you are now with how connected we are to the rest of the world. So business-wise, I think it'd be smart for them. Okay. And I could see it happen. I mean, I, I know we're both uh, friendly with Tony Khan and his father, uh, Shad Khan. Yep. Uh, you know, they're very, I mean, obviously the, the Jags yep. do a lot of their games. They, for yep. years now, have been in London. So I guess that that would make sense. And they probably make a ton of money when they do it. Yeah, that yep. would be fantastic. Um, okay, let's talk about... Jim Harbaugh. Uh, right now, he's embroiled. Obviously, well, he's, he's college. That ain't nothing to do he's with me. college, but he got zero to do with me. No, but I want. But I, of course, not yet. But there's <laughs> there's the talk that you know, and I think there's been there's always talk about this that he could be leaving college to go to the NFL. Is that anything swirling on that front? See, he's been trying for a couple of years, and I think yeah. what Harbaugh does when he goes in interviews, he's almost kind of goes in and interviews them, like he's going to choose them. And I do think that needs to get switched around. He is a great coach, obviously. He's an incredible coach. Um, but also, yeah, I, I mean, there's we still have to see what happens with this whole investigation. Yeah. If more and more and more. Are you, I mean, are you more, following it? I am, yeah, yeah. And more and more and more. Maybe because it's that, that too, it's crazy to have a guy potentially on another sideline. Um, remember, too, I was the one who broke Spygate and had the Spygate yeah. tape. Yeah. I still have the only copy in existence. And when I first saw it, too, I'm like, because the first part of Spygate, the camera guy was zooming into girls in the crowd and the uh, the cheerleaders and this and that. I'm like, oh, this is somebody scammed me. And then all of a sudden, boom, see the players come in, then boom, there's the Jets coaches. I'm like, oh my God, my life just changed. This is incredible. So yeah, for things like that, uh, any kind of you know, something gate, uh, yeah, you're always following. Okay. So do you do you consider if everything transpires the way that it seems on the surface is this cheating well here's the thing i don't want to say the if because yeah i don't know if if it is or not okay you know what i mean so that that, an objective man ladies and gentlemen well because i like to deal with what i'm positive about yeah and they're still doing the investigation so if after the investigation these are results then we we could talk about it okay because it's not fair if i if i say all this stuff and it turns out it wasn't, or this of course. somebody went rogue, or whatever it was, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Jay, I I feel like I've I've pulled out all of the information. <laughs> I just want to make it clear to most people that I already knew a lot of this information, but I wanted everyone to hear it because your life is, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting, and the things you deal with on a daily basis, not normal. Right. Very cool. <laughs> not normal. <laughs> not normal at all. My not normal is my normal. Which is yes. I said the, the anxiety, I had to turn them all into my superpowers. The anxiety allows me to be great in chaos. So I'm great with all the stuff that goes on. I'm great in the cage. I'm great on camera when, you know, lights are on. I suck in calm. So I've had to use that that, that <laughs> chaos 
it fills me up. I'm great with it. Okay. So, so you're, you're, you got to prepare yourself for that post Super Bowl getaway. I mean, because that's just yeah. not your, your normal. I usually go to Thailand in the off season, go train in the jungle and do learn all these breath work and meditation and stuff like that. I started doing that two years ago. I love it. Love it. Incredible. Love it. Incredible. Yeah. I love it. Friend of mine uh, who was in the first ultimate fighter, Mike Swick has a, a huge gym out in Thailand called AKA uh, in Phuket. I go out there and wow. uh, go to this place called Kamalaya and Kosamui, where I go kind of learn all this, this, this stuff to help the roommates in my head talk nicely to each other. And <laughs> I train Muay Thai there in this like bamboo hut overlooking the ocean, also out in the jungle. Like it, man, it's so cool. All right. Well, uh, tell the roommates that I say to F off. <laughs> and uh, Jay, I'm so happy to. Have you like some of you. those roommates. What's that? <laughs> you like some of those roommates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, some of them at some times, but yeah. you know, for the most part, I want them to be kind to you. So, thank Jay, you. thank you so much. Charlie, You're the I'm best. Proud of you. I appreciate it. And um, yeah, everybody, this is, I mean, talk about mentor. You, you said that you've mentored different people in the NFL, also a mentor to me for many years now. So, Always thankful for you. And uh, hopefully your story as heard on the show helps to inspire one more person. I love it. Hey, being of service, right? There you go. Thanks, Charlie. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Once again, a huge thank you to Jay Glazer for taking time out of his oh-so-busy schedule to sit down and chat. The guy truly has one of the busiest lives of anyone that I have ever met. But how interesting was he? That was so cool. Uh, okay, guys, that is all the time we have for this edition of Outkick the Morning. But once again, as I always say, thank you so much for being here with me. It's time for the weekend. I hope you all have a fantastic next couple of days. And guess what? On Monday... We do it all again. So make sure to hit the subscribe button, sign up for those alerts so you don't miss a minute of me doing my thing right on this very chair. Also, like, comment, find me on social media. I would love to hear from you over the course of the weekend. Let me know what you're up to. Let me know something that maybe you think would be an interesting topic to cover on the upcoming slate of shows. On that note, everybody, have a fantastic Friday. Enjoy your weekend, and I will see each and every one of you come Monday. See ya.